Welcome back to Gale Force Winds Season 2. The Gale Force Winds Podcast is proudly sponsored by Newfound Marketing, a digital marketing agency located in St. John's, Newfoundland. Visit our website at newfoundmarketing.ca to find out how we can help your business grow. Newfound Marketing, a compliment to your marketing team. Well, here we are in the beautiful Slanche restaurant, downtown St. John's, Newfoundland, overlooking historic St. John's Harbor. What a beautiful day it is. Beautiful day to be in conversation with musicians from Newfoundland and Labrador. Thank you, Music NL, for inviting us into this wonderful project. Ifa, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Okay, so I'm Ife, Ife Laba. I am I I'm born I was born in Nigeria. I grew up in South Africa. Um, and I go to university at the Memorial University of Newfoundland studying psychology and doing a communication studies minor. Um, right now I'm currently working at CBC for an internship. I am 22 and I'm a musician. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> okay, so uh, how did you find your way to Newfoundland? Um, yeah, so that's yeah, so my mom is a lecturer at the University of Cape Town. So I finished high school when I was like 17 or whatever. So I took a gap year. I was working for a band called Fresh D Ground. They were the first interracial band in South Africa. Um, so they were a really big deal at that time. I say at that time like it was 40 years ago, but they were a really big deal. Um, and so I was doing an internship for them and I got really excited. I was doing so I was doing background singing I was helping to write I was doing all these things and so me being me I was like I've made it in life you know I am and they paid me like I think they were like $60 a month so I bought like eggs and bacon so I thought I was an adult so that was my contribution to the household and so I was like I don't need to do anything else and then at that time um my mom didn't agree with the politics happening in the United States so she was like I'm definitely not going there but I also now didn't want to go to university because i getting $60 a month to buy eggs and bacon. Um, So without my permission, she applied to Memorial University because one of her students went there for university. Um, And then I got an email saying I got in, congratulations, and that was it. And then I was <laughs> okay. Uh, flown long, off. How long ago was that? Um, 2017. So that that's when that happened. So there's a lot to explore there. So let's go back. What does mom teach in South Africa? Um, she's a public health um, prof- no, doctor and researcher at University of Cape Town. So we're very um, educational family. My dad is a trade economist. Um, Um, and he's a consultant. And then my grandpa on my mom's side is a professor in English. So everyone's really educational. So being like, oh, I just want to chill, do music, was not really the path to take or an option to take in the first place. Not very popular. It was not at all. (laughs) But like I was in a music school anyway, so like I could do it for fun, but studying it or even just like not, there was no option not to even go to university. Like I would never, like the fact that I uttered those words, I'm still amazed by myself. Um, So yeah. So you went to a music school? Tell me about that. Yeah, I went to Hugo Lamprecht. So when I, in high school, I wasn't doing great. So um, my brother's friends were homeschooling. And so he came home with the idea to homeschool. And my mom was like, nah. But then I was failing first half of high school. And my mom was like, do you want to homeschool? And I was like, okay, cool, whatever. And so I just stopped going to school one day, dropped out. And then I started homeschooling. So I was homeschooling with the University of Nebraska. Um, took a while to find the perfect homeschooling system. And then I was enrolled into a music school called Hugo Lamprach for opera and trombone. And yeah, my brother did. Um, he was also, 
he ended up homeschooling because it was his idea, so we couldn't just steal his idea and not let him do it. Um, so he ended up also being homeschooled, and then he got to music school for percussion and strings. Yeah. Wow. So, okay, and let's continue on the mom vein here for a second. <laughs> So mom applied for university without you knowing. Yeah. That's gutsy. Go ahead. Tell me about that. Um, It's just a thing she does. She's very like, I don't know if it's a Nigerian parent thing, but she just wants us to be doing everything everywhere. So that's why even now, like, I always have to be busy because I don't know how not to. So growing up, I was always signed up for like conferences um, without me knowing what they were about. I don't just get emails saying that your con- this is happening we look forward to seeing you. So growing up was always a really busy life. She'd always, I want to, I don't want to say forced, but it was, it was forced. <laughs> to, and I would always enjoy these things in the end, you know. And then she'd be like, oh, say thank you. And I'm like, whatever. <laughs> um, so I always enjoyed them in the end. But in the beginning process, I was just like, why? What is, what, why am I getting so many emails about all these things? And it's great for my resume, you know, but at that time when I was like 13, I was like, this is ridiculous. Um, she was just saying, mom knows best. Yeah. I have a feeling she's done pretty well here. <laughs> you know, she has. Um, yeah, when I got into university, it took her a while to let go of just like signing up for stuff for me. But, you know, now I just do it myself. So, yeah, she's so, <laughs> so uh, she decided Memorial University of Newfoundland yeah. would be the place for you because she had a student go through there, mm-hmm. right? You know that student, who that was? Yeah, um, so I had grown up, he did his PhD in University of Cape Town. His name is Toeib. So he grew up in Britain, and then I don't know how he came across here. Um, so I think also because the fees were like outrageous in every other university, um, she was, he was just like, you should try this one. And keep in mind, my mom probably does not even know where this place is on a map. So right. she just had faith that like... He knew what he was talking about, and then, yeah. Most people in the world have no idea. (laughs) I didn't even know this was like, I was like, oh, okay, cool. Here we are. So you, okay, so (laughs) you get enrolled and accepted into Memorial University. Yeah. um, Into the psychology and uh, communication program? Well, with MUN, you have to just, it's just a general program first for the first year. Um, And then she applied, she enrolled me into the Bachelor of Science because there's a myth that Bachelor of Science is better than Bachelor of Arts. Um, And I was so upset. I was like, these subjects are, you know, it's insane and ridiculous. Like, high school is a different ballgame to university. Um, So she was like, yeah, but science is better. And I'm like, whatever. So once you get into science, you then have to apply to be into, like, psychology or whatever you actually want to do. And then in my first year, um, I was actually, I wasn't doing a minor, I was just doing science, and I, that really just killed me. I was like, this is not working, and I basically failed my whole first semester, which for a Nigerian kid is, like, not a good thing, especially because, like, I want when I say failed, like, I really did not do well, and so me being me, I went home, back home, because I try and go back home either to Nigeria or South Africa every year, so me being me, I went back home, and I told my mom, I was like, you're a bruff. I failed and then she was like you have to tell your dad I was like no (laughs) you have to tell your husband because I didn't enroll me into this program you did so you need to sort that out um so after she tried to sort that out um yeah and then we just decided that Bachelor of Arts was better for me because I was just more passionate about that and I didn't even know you could do Bachelor of Arts in psychology until she and she she um, what did she do? Yeah, I didn't know that you could do Bachelor of Arts in Psychology until she applied for something for me that I found in my email that I then had to go to, and then I found out that you could do Bachelor of Arts in Psychology, which I guess was a good thing. Um, and then I changed over to Bachelor of Arts in Psychology, 
did a minor in music um, and then something happened with that and then I had to do a minor in communication studies and yeah. So you're getting on a plane in Nigeria and coming to Newfoundland. You don't really know where you're going. Um, no, so I'm getting on a plane. So I was born in Nigeria and I grew up in South, South Africa. Africa. So I'm getting out of a plane in South Africa by myself, have no clue where I'm going. Um, luckily, like we kind of had pre, one thing about Nigerians, like we'll always know someone from somewhere via someone. You don't really have to admit them, right? So like my mom had a family friend who had like a cousin's cousin who lived here. And so he was like, yeah, we'll make sure she's okay, sort her out and things like that. And so he picked me up from the airport. But basically, I'm getting out of this airport and Cape Town is huge, right? I'm like, am I in, like, where is the rest of the airport? What is going on? Um, and yeah, I was just like, this is weird. Yeah, the po what's the population of Cape Town? Like, millions. 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 <laughs> and it isn't millions Compared here. to the thousands here, I was like, well, why are people so like, why do all the houses look the same? Yeah. What is going on? Um, but luckily, I was very blessed to have a person there who could like, I got my SIN number immediately. I got my phone number immediately. And the weather, like, I grew up in South Africa. So, you know, the weather, like, South Africa's taught me, like, I could walk out in shorts, but I have to run back in to get a jacket because it's never going to be the same. So prepared me really well for this okay. environment. Apart from the snow, that was just <laughs> unnecessary. <really>. Unnecessary? <laughs> we okay. would agree with that. Fair enough. So you arrive at mine, and when do you start meeting people? Like, the next day? And, and tell me about that experience. Um, I started meeting people, like, immediately um, because there was I was actually a week late because of my visa. Um, so there was someone there at the door just to like show me where to go, which was really nice. And I lived in Rez, luckily, so you're surrounded by people whether you like it or not. And I think in the first like two, three weeks, it's like team spirit. Everybody's just trying to get to know each other. So I was really fortunate to um, just get to know people immediately. Um, and if we're stuck together, we might as well get to know each other. So yeah, and then I found my group of friends fairly quickly. And that was, yeah, it was good. Now tell me about how the music came into your, back into your life when you yeah. arrived here. Um, <laughs> so there are different avenues with that. So I, I remember my first performance, actually, I was like sitting on the floor of res and I met this person, his name is Precious, right? And then I don't know how he found out I could sing, but then he invited me to his church to, um, to do like a Thanksgiving thing and sing. And that was like my first like, singing thing <clears throat> and then with my group of friends um i met kingsway slash farai and then he was an artist and a musician so we would do like we would like write songs together and i was intrigued by um what he was doing so that was also how that came back into my life and then i don't know how word spread that i just sang and then i would just be invited to like perform in random places and yeah like what kind of places would you perform at? Um, so like whenever Mun had like a really big cultural thing, they would invite me to sing. Whenever there was like a conference, they would invite me to sing. And yeah, like I was very, um, yeah, I think I had like a few performances and then just doing my own covers as well um, because I really wanted to be like a big YouTube cover star. <laughs> but for I was like, no, 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 no. You can't just do covers your whole life. And I was like, mm, yeah, I can. And then I didn't. <laughs> um, and then, yes, yeah, so I was just doing performances for a while. And then even in Res, res um, I would have to sing because we had like Spirit Week or something. I don't remember what it's called now. So they would have like groups of people singing together and I'm like, okay, I'll do it. And then my first really big one, 
was um, at Holy Heart Multicultural Show, and yeah, I sang for that. And then the feeling from that was just like electrifying. And after sing that, your own like, song? No, no, I hadn't even actually started like singing my own songs until like 2019. Um, 20, yeah, that was like so when I started. What would you have sung at the Holy Heart Show? Um, I did like. What did I sing at Holy? I think I did like a mixture of like Location by um, Khaled and um, my go-to song used to be Asha um, Jailer. So she's um, a Nigerian singer. So yeah, so those were the two songs I think I did. And then my very first like guitarist was, his name is Jail. Um, and so we did like a little production thing and we made a whole beat with the guitar and it was really good. Wow. It was really boppy. Cool. So you did this Holy Heart Show. What happened after that? Did people started to come to you or? um i don't really know what happened after that yeah no everyone was just like oh this is Ife. she sings Ife. like even if people didn't know my name it was like she sings that's the singer right. so that's kind of all that happened um to be honest nothing really like and then i did um jib fest so i'm very like competitive everything is a competition to me so which is a good thing and a bad thing <laughs> so i i is don't your mother competitive i'm just joking probably i know the she answer probably to that question. is i feel like my whole family like game night is insane she's in probably my family. gonna watch this by the way <laughs> she's gonna be like why would you tell people that i'm competitive <laughs> and so um with that we went to jib fest um was happening it's Who's it by? I don't remember. So Jibfest was happening, and they did a res competition for karaoke night, and whoever won would get to perform at Jibfest. And like, I don't like doing things unless I know I can win. That's really that's where I'm at. <laughs> um, and so I was like, I can win this, um, so I'm gonna go and do it. And I did it, and I won because that was the result I wanted. And then I went to Cornerbrook and I performed for Jibfest. That's awesome. Um, and that was also really cool. And then when I came back, I think I was just chilled for a while doing here and there. And then the pandemic struck. And then I was like, hmm, interesting. And I had to perform for Black Lives Matter protest. And that's when things started, like, taking off. Tell me about that. Um, before that, when did I? No, Black Lives Matter was 2019, that protest. So, yeah, um, it was quite interesting because one of the founders, co-founders, Precious, was organizing it. And then he asked me to sing. And at first I was like, hmm. I don't know if I want to do this because the crowd was quite big and it was in the middle of the pandemic and I'm not sure if I had just released my first song by then I think so so yeah I performed I practiced um I performed and it was really good for me when I perform it's just like an outer body experience I don't really I'm not there until it's done and then I try and run away um so I don't really have to like talk to people okay. um so yeah I don't like I'd be lying if I said I remembered anything because it was just such a huge crowd that for me to even like you know survive I was like okay I'm just gonna leave Ife there and just do what I have to do and then yeah it ended up going really great and yeah after that it was just great. Tell me about this auto body experience that you have when you're performing. Yeah so with my performances I'm very because I'm so competitive I'm very like it has to be the best all the time um so I can't really explain it. It's always something that I've had just because obviously when you see a crowd, even when I was being trained in opera, when you see a crowd, it's just your voice starts like croaking. You would have been fine during your um, practices, but then you see people and then your voice is just doing its own thing. So I don't know if it's like something I develop, but automatically I just kind of step away from myself and start just singing. And then as soon as I'm done, 
then I'm like, oof, what just happened? And then I kind of get exhausted and, you know, but I still have to say hi to everyone. But, like, the first few times I would just jet. Like, after I'm done, like, no one would, I would say hi, bye, and then I would just leave. And then it was actually Farai that was just like, no, nah, you actually have to, like, talk to people afterwards and stuff. So now I try, um, but, like, as soon as I'm, I just kind of like to center myself afterwards but it's hard for you to stay and, and do that afterwards yeah it is hard for me because like i i think I'm, i don't think i'm a shy person but like i do get shy when it comes to that because as much as i'm a competitive person i'm still a bit like you know i say i'm the best but at the same time like i say that so i believe it not necessarily mm. because i believe it you know um you so. want to get there exactly so tell me about when you start writing your own music your yeah own, yeah tell me about that process um, my first, like, writing of music was with Kingsway, um, so we were writing music together in, like, my dorm room or his dorm room, um, so that was the first one. The first, like, time I kind of, apart from, like, finishing songs with him, um, was, like, all by myself. Um, no, actually, it was kind of before that. My very kind of first one, I was doing it here and there, but the very first one that I really liked was, um... I can't remember what the name was. It's not released. I just wrote it because um, music is like a journal of my life. So when I'm feeling very extreme emotion, that's the easiest thing for me to do. Um, so at that time, I was doing data collection. I was on holiday in South Africa and it was four months. So I was doing data collection for um, one of my mom's friends that was doing like a UN study about HIV and AIDS and stuff like that. And so I ended up having to go to the hospitals and like... Um, watch people get administered with HIV tests and then they would have to fill in a form afterwards. So there was this one 16-year-old girl. Um, she wrote on her form that she had never done anything. She was a virgin, this and this and this. And then she was actually there to check for TB, tuberculosis, because in South Africa that's quite a big thing, especially in rural areas. Um, and then, but in South Africa, if you, have, you, if you want to check for TB, you have to check for HIV as well. So that was an automatic thing. And so she checked for HIV, not expecting for anything to happen. And then you got the test. She got the test back. And I'm sitting here just like a normal day and she has HIV. Right. And this this girl was literally just coming from school, just living life as normal. And like you could see kind of the look in her face. And she was shattered because like if she hadn't like come for this TB test, she would never have known. It's not like her life was affected in any way apart from her not knowing. So. Um, like after that I was just so like shook um, and I just went home and I wrote a whole like in like 10-15 minutes I was just like this is what I'm feeling and I wrote a song um, and that was the first time that I was like okay I kind of like how this sound and then yeah I did a bit after that what was the song called um, I don't think I had a name for it but um, um, but I think one of the lyrics were now positive in the world of negatives because now she was HIV positive and the world was, yeah. Um, so I don't really, I haven't really done anything with that song because it's just kind of like my one, my first really like emotional, yeah. um, outrage of pouring into the world. And then when I went through a breakup and then I started writing music about how I felt about that. And that's when like, I was going to do a whole album and a whole EP and then, yeah. Was kind of so I write from extreme emotion, which I'm trying to like, you know, not do anymore. <laughs> so yeah. So when you have this extreme emotion, the words just come to you. Really? Yeah, like I don't it just because I used to. So when I came to South Africa, 
um, my dad was still is still in Nigeria. So my dad lives in Nigeria, and my mom lives in South Africa. They're still married. So when we came to South Africa, I would keep a journal every day writing to my dad, right? Because I, well, you can speak to him, but it's not the same. So I'd be like, dear dad, and then I'd write everything that happened in my day. So like putting my emotions down on paper has always just been a natural thing to me. Like I have so many completed journals of like, you know, so it moved from like dear dad to like dear life, right? So when I got to university, I wasn't really keeping a journal. So I don't really think I had that like daily emotional output that I, used to have when I was younger. So I think when I just went through extreme emotion, I would just put it down on paper and yeah. And then after like that is down on paper, then I can be like, okay, this makes sense. This doesn't make sense, um, but yeah. You're making me wish I wrote a journal. <laughs> We're 56 years old. I know, what a, I'm what gonna a, start one. <laughs> what a creative process though. Yeah. I mean, everything that you're describing here is just, so, it just reeks of creativity, right? Like you're taking these powerful things and writing them down and then they convert them into songs. And, and even when you perform and your your desire to detach right away, this is all your creative mind at yeah. play. I mean, it's amazing to, to listen to all of this. Thank you. What? So you were just at the ECMAs? Yeah. Tell me about that experience. Um, it was great. It was actually to date, I think it was probably one of the best experiences. And not necessarily because of like, um, I performed or anything, like that was amazing, the crowd was great, but it's just great to even just bump into a musician, you know, for the whole ecosystem to be there at the same time. Um, and it was like some of the, these, I think because coming out of a pandemic, you see, especially when I started, I kind of just met everyone online, right? So I had my own little bubble um, doing my doing my music, I have a whole process where I send where I sing a beat. I'll send it to the beat maker. This and this, right? But just like talking to people online, and then you're like, okay, these aren't video game characters. These are actual real life people. And then seeing them in person and having like um, talking to them the same way you would online. Because you know when you talk to people online, when it's not in person, it's like it could be awkward. You don't know how it goes. Is the connection the same? Um, but just everyone just being so excited to be there and that online connection to be the same in person or even better in person was really great and even people that you're like no i could never speak to them they're so huge it's like everyone's just human after all and we're just excited to be here yeah. and to be in person creating in person together so yeah it was great the ecma sound to me like there's a fire raging and they're just pouring fuel on it <laughs> am i right it seems like everybody was really getting yeah. energy Everyone was like, and like, sometimes you're up to like three, like apparently I was one of the early birds. People were up to like five, like. That's what we heard on other people. <laughs> yeah, people were like up, up till like five in the morning, waking up at nine. And I'm like, I don't know how they did that, but I you think. You went to bed at three. Maybe even two. Because <laughs> I was just like, I'm so tired. But um, yeah, it's you don't actually realize how much energy you're consuming and putting out until like you get back. I got back home and it was silent and I was like, whoa, <laughs> what just happened? You don't realize the amount of um, energy interaction there is between hundreds of people until you get back by yourself and you're scented and you're like, this actually took a lot out of me. I'm exhausted. So it's actually taken me a while to just get my energy back so up. So you performed at the showcase, correct? Yeah. And how many songs would you have performed there? Um, mine was a 30-minute set. So 30 I did minutes. about, wow. yeah, so I did about five songs, um, all original. So I think one of them 
there aren't like that one song isn't out yet um but all the rest were out so yeah i did five songs that's a lot of effort yeah it was <laughs> no, it's. I think that was actually the least like um, the performing part of it. I don't feel it until I'm done with it. So even the practices and um, just getting ready for that is just like okay, normal life. And then when I'm done, I'm just like, oh, that was that was work. <laughs> yeah. So it's like going on a run and you don't realize that you're that you're working out until the next day. You're like, ah, snap. Yeah, that's how it feels. <laughs> So, what's over the horizon for you? What's next? Um, yeah, I think for me personally, I know everyone's going to like probably say an album or whatever, but I'm actually just trying to learn the business side of music. Um, I feel like that's so important. Um, I'm not going to say I have like the singing down and things like that. Obviously, I'm still growing in that aspect and figuring out who I am as a musician. Um, but the business side of music is a whole different ball game and mm -hmm. I just think like it's really underrated so that's something that I'm really um, wanting to get better at and look into um, Kingsware and I have an EP coming out soon we don't have a date for that but we haven't we're working on that so that's coming and just more music and more. then Iceberg Alley is happening on the 15th of June so I'm opening for Tim Baker and City in Color um, so that's going to be exciting yeah more music I love it that sounds amazing. Uh, Jerry, your thoughts on... Well, just, you know, feeding off your energy here today. Uh, and, you know, just to shout out to Iceberg Alley, that, that's... Uh, have you been to the performance tent before? No, I haven't. I've seen it online, and I'm like, this is a huge... I saw the construction as well, and I was like, this is a huge tent. Well, I remember going to Burton Cummings, who used to be in the Guess Who. Okay. Um, anyway, very, very popular band, well before your time. <laughs> but uh, he said it was one of the best venues he's ever if been If you've heard of Burton Cummings, I'll be surprised. No, I haven't. No. <laughs> Look it up. Anyway. Okay. Uh, the guess who? Uh, American Woman. That was one of the Okay, songs. I know All that right. song. Now, there I we know are. that song. Okay. <laughs> I'm That's showing my song. age here now. But anyway, <laughs> no, just incredible energy. Uh, I, I think um, we're in Newfoundland. Very lucky. Yeah. Thank you to your mom for just <laughs> bringing you here. Thank you very much. What's your mom's name? Um, Funke. Funke. <laughs> yeah. Shout out, mom. Mm -hmm. Appreciate you. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, she's great. Um, yeah, the whole family is really supportive about everything. Like, I think she thinks this is her career. That's that's the thing. She thinks that she is the musician. <laughs> because, like, even for, like, I remember I was shooting a video for, like, a promo video. And she's like, no, you should wear this, not that. I'm like, you're not the one wearing it. Like, what are you saying? <laughs> so um, it's really great to have that support system as well. So. There's a big part of me would like to be at the supper table with you guys. And <laughs> quite a, quite it's a funny big. because we don't even have a table. We yeah. literally just like sit on the couch and watch fight over like, we'll do like a little two minute fight over what to watch. <laughs> and then that just, we'll put on something and then not actually watch it because we'll, we'll just be talking. But game night, you should definitely, game night is, yeah, game night is. It's a competitive thing. It is brutal. <laughs> brutal. You're uh, you're having a wonderful time. You can I can feel it in your voice that you're excited about what you're doing in yeah, the moment. Yeah. You're excited about what's over the horizon for you. You clearly come from a very solid foundation. Um, so all the pieces are lining up, and, yeah. and you're just shifting gears now. What would a piece of advice be that you'd like to leave the podcast with? Um, just surrounding yourself with people that, um, you know, can ground you even when you are ungrounded. You know, I find that not everyone is so lucky to actually, you know, every, a lot of people can sing, 
like it's I don't consider it a special talent right but not everyone is so lucky to be actually to be able to like perform and know people and just be at least I'm, I'm starting in this industry you know so I feel like I was very lucky to have a circle around me where when I'm just depleted like people are like no you have to push you know and I, like it's good to push yourself but sometimes you actually just don't have any energy to like push yourself and believe in yourself but when you have those people around you that can just like give you a little nudge and then because the thing is that once you like get a bite of a little success that really like puts a lot of energy into you and then you can just fly from there so I just feel like making sure that your circle is grounded your circle knows who you are you know who they are you feed off each other is really important what a beautiful conversation here, Gale Force Wind. Thank you, Music NL, for bringing these people into our lives. Thank you for choosing Newfoundland as your place to light the world on fire because I can tell you that it's, uh, it's going to be exciting to watch where you go in the future. It's uh, the, the energy that oozes from you. It's a very, very contagious. I'm excited for you, um, for sure. I'll leave the, the podcast with my own uh, thoughts and quite frankly the world needs more Ife Alaba. Thank, <laughs> thank you. you. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for tuning in to Gale Force Winds. That's Gale Force Winds. W-I-N-S dot com.